Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. When, when we talk about family systems, really we're talking about, again, that interconnectedness and the wholeness. Whatever one person does in the system affects everyone. And I think if people would really pay attention to that, they might really pull back and go, hmm, let me think about this nasty thing I'm about to hurl into our family system, like that accusatory email that, you know, that pulling the kid aside and making them, you know, choose which side they're on. You know, how how am I going to really look at that in terms of how am I contributing to the family system and its wholeness and healing, or how am I creating more stress, more fracture, more messes to clean up at the end? Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Hello and welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. I'm here today with my dear friend and colleague, Carrie Doubts. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. It's so great to be back with you here and really excited for what we're going to talk about today. Yes, as am I. Today's topic is the secret to healing the family system after divorce. And one of the things I love about Carrie is how she brings so many systems and structures to the table to always help us understand what's going on. And so, Carrie, um, let's jump in and just share a little bit about what a family system is and let's dive into how we can um, how we can heal it divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. You know, Karen, you know me well, after all these years, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to uh, stuff about coaching and uh, serving our clients. And so um, I thought about this and this is really a podcast for people who going through a divorce and have children. And this is uh, certainly the case with a lot of the people that we help through Journey Beyond Divorce. So people don't really think of their family as a system. And the fa- you know they, they sort of think about themselves as parents and their children and, and all of that kind of stuff. But if we take, and I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of details about the definition of a system and all that, but really what it means is we're looking at the thing as a whole, the family system as a whole. So it's really a group of interconnected and interdependent components or people in this case 
whose goal is to work together to achieve a common purpose or a common function. And in the family, it's to raise your children. It's to raise them into healthy, responsible, uh, happy adults, right? And so, the main thing also about system work is we have to understand that if something is affecting one part of the system, like the parents, it's going to influence the whole system because it is based on wholeness. And so, these interconnections and these uh, relationships and the rules and agreements that a family has, the communication styles, the dependencies, all of that is going to come into play in a family. And the behavior or the functioning of one element of that system is going to have an impact on the whole system and the people in it. So, I, I talk about that in terms of that bigger view, the system it's kind of like our solar system, right? I mean, if the sun were to go away, what would happen to our galaxy, right? Um, so, systems thinking really helps us to kind of get out, out of our own narrow view of my situation, my wants, needs, desires, complaints, etc. about this system and to look at it as a whole. Um, and we're going to do that today with uh, a little help from um, our ability to just sort of abstractly think about things for a moment. You know, I think well, the, I, the brain. Yeah, go ahead. No, what I love about that is that that pulling back that kind of 30,000 feet up in the sky. And, and, and when we pull back, right, we get to detach a little bit from all of our emotional connection to our myopic perspective on ourselves and what's going on. And so I love the idea that there are all of these moving pieces. Um, and for our clients going through a high conflict divorce, they've been like, you know, a bunch of porcupines living under the same roof and poking at each other. And, and now something's shifting. And when something shifts and something moves, um, when, when you're, looking at it from that structure perspective, you can disconnect a little bit from the emotion. And when we can get our clients to disconnect a little bit from the emotion and reconnect with their logical brain, there's there's a really powerful shift that happens in understanding and in thought process and behavior. Yeah, totally. Totally. So looking at the family as a system in this way, and what are the impacts of a family undergoing a divorce, right? right. So, you know, it's like you had this great uh, visual of a family going through right. a divorce. The system is, you know, functioning in whatever way it is up until the words we're getting a divorce come into the picture. And so, you know, I love that analogy that you and I were discussing. So you want to take us through that? I, I, yeah. That cool. So as you were describing the family system to me offline, I immediately thought of the the Jenga tower, um, the game with the wooden pieces and, and you have to pull one out very gingerly and, and make sure that the whole thing doesn't come, um, falling down. And with divorce, there's things aren't generally done very gingerly. Um, <laughs> and, and whatever is being pulled apart is very foundational. And so it, just I immediately saw that image of how things could feel like they're toppling down. Yeah. Um, yeah. If not 
toppling down altogether. They're at least very wobbly, you know? Yeah. And there's this whole idea, I think, out in the media, out in certain areas of our society where, you know, the intact family is uh, kind of revered, like the nuclear family, mom, dad, the kids all living happily under one roof. And we've been seeing, you know, just in our line of work, um, the intact family system is... uh, There's a lot of different ways to go about it, you know, we're finding. It's not necessarily a man and a woman raising children. And, you know, in our society, we're having all kinds of family systems come up. And really, the main thing is, is is it demonstrating the attributes that are going to fulfill its function successfully? And, you know, when parents are divorcing, often the the focus and the attention is on each other. And how do I get out of this? How do I, you know, how do I manage this, this huge change, this huge disruption in uh, the family system? So when, when we talk about family systems, really we're talking about, again, that interconnectedness and the wholeness. Whatever one person does in the system affects everyone. And I think if people would really pay attention to that, They might really pull back and go, hmm, let me think about this nasty thing I'm about to hurl into our family system, like that accusatory email that, you know, that pulling the kid aside and making them, you know, choose which side they're on. You know, how how am I going to really look at that in terms of how am I contributing to the family system and its wholeness and healing? Mm -hmm. Or how am I creating more stress, more fracture? more messes to clean up at the end. I I love that. And even all the belief systems that you bring to it, because one of the things I'm thinking about is those those, um, listeners who are early on, who are like, I've just been unhappy for a really long time, but I can't break the family. I can't do this thing. And so I'm listening to you and thinking, well, how healthy is your family system to begin with? How much of a pretzel is somebody twisting themselves into how much conflict might those children be experiencing for you to keep what you're thinking is a healthy family system, but but maybe it's already wobbly. And so there's both what's going on for those trying to make a decision when they're in an unhealthy marriage. And then to your point, all of the choices that one has once you enter divorce, where it's very easy to be offended. It's very easy to want to get back at, to blame, to excuse. And all of these things are really pulling at all the wrong jinger um, pieces, uh, right. causing more and more possibility for the catastrophe of the falling apart. And there's a better way. And I think that's really the secret that we want to talk about today is we want to normalize and and acknowledge how hard it is to walk this path with someone that you might feel hurt or angry with and how vitally important it is to um, be able to recalibrate a healthy family system. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you were talking, you brought up that point of people contemplating leaving a marriage, you know, that is dysfunctional, that is toxic even perhaps, you know, and we see a lot of that. We deal with high conflict divorces. 
there's this belief that they've got to keep the family intact, you know, in order for the kids to be okay. And I don't know how many conversations we've all had with people to just let them know what they know about what's possible, you know, for them in this family. And perhaps the best way to create a healthy family system is to separate, you know, because keeping the family intact for better or worse for, you know, sometimes that's just, that does not work. We've seen that over and over again. It creates dysfunction in the family system just as much as really owning up to, hey, kids, we love you. We're committed to being your parents while we go through this and our relationship is completing as married people. We're still your parents. We still love you. Joe and their spouse always seemed to be fighting, but nothing was ever resolved. Their spouse would constantly blame them, unwilling to take any responsibility. Joe lived in the tension of walking on eggshells, doubting themselves, and over time, they became unhinged, angry, and triggered, struggling further with shame and self-condemnation. Their reactivity was used as proof that they were the problem. If you're in a relationship or marriage filled with conflict and blame, and you're wondering, is this normal or could it be toxic? Take the quiz and find out how toxic your relationship is. Go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash toxic quiz and find out today. This is this is where I think it's really important to bring bring that system piece in. So for the person listening who's saying, if I leave, I've broken the family system. I've pulled out the wrong Jenga piece. It's all come <laughs> tumbling down. And I think you're saying something very different. Um, which is that divorce doesn't have to break a family system, that there's actually another way to look at it that's going to be so much more valuable for all parties. Can you just talk a little bit about that? I'm going to tell you a story from my own personal experience of my divorce. I mean, I divorced my husband in the 90s. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff, right? Family systems, coaching, none of it. I am just a person in pain, uh, trying to wallow my way through a, a, a marriage that's over, basically. And we had our, our daughter, and I recognized, and my my then husband recognized, we're good parents. We're just a terrible couple, we just don't work well as a couple. And so we got together and decided to divorce. Um, and we made some really strong agreements in the beginning, not even knowing that what we were doing was protecting the, our family system. We decided, you know, and these these are things that we tell people all the time, and people are told this all the time, but we made an ironclad agreement to this. 
and we held each other to it. We're, we're not going to badmouth the other person in front of our daughter. We're not going to use time with our daughter as kind of a weapon to withhold or to grant based on our moods at the time. We're going to honor each other as the parent, the co-parent in this relationship. We even made the agreement to sometimes do family things together, like birthdays, Christmas, you know, some of the big holidays to really just put ourselves aside for the moment and be a family. So, we, not even knowing any of this stuff, I think in a lot of ways we got that right because our daughter, you know, <laughs> there's sometimes that that other thing where kids when they're young and they see their parents separating but getting along they kind of go I don't understand but mm-hmm. it's it's certainly a healthier way to approach it just to say we still work as a family we just don't work as a couple and we've made some really conscious agreements and decisions to walk that line and we did we absolutely did so I just tell that as my own story. Now, our situation is probably not the same as everybody who's listening here. I was really fortunate to be able to make these kind of agreements with a person who was able to, because of the love he had for his daughter, was able to say, absolutely, I agree to this. Well, and so let me share a little bit of my story, because I didn't have an ex who was able to come alongside and um, stand by agreements. And so I think so many of our clients are in these more complicated, more high conflict with traumatized spouses, spouses with other challenges. And so, you know, I, I could see them shaking their head saying, yeah, not 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 me. It, I yeah. can't do that because yeah. he or she couldn't possibly. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about how one person can do it. So for me, I too, you know, I can't say enough what a hot mess I was, what a reactive, like unconscious, unintentional, just the hot mess I was. Um, but I knew there was something in me that knew that. The kids were the most important thing. Um, What I experienced wasn't going to change. And so when I moved out, um, no matter what was happening in the other household, I was able to have agreements with myself about the same thing. You're not going to bash dad. If the kids come home and we're struggling with dad, which happened a lot, you're going to always make it about what did they need? What did they experience? What did mm. they um, what did they do? What did they wish they did so that so that you can actually use any pain as fuel for helping them and that just be love. Like that was like this kind of underlying, like just be love. And and I did a very poor job at what I'm about to say, um, which is um show grace and mercy to your ex. And in the beginning, honestly, I wasn't very graceful or very mercy merciful. Um, but over the course of time, it was something that I grew in. And, and so while we had something where that collaboration couldn't happen, there was always the message that mommy loves you, daddy loves you. Um, and then, you know, how can I keep my side of the street clean so that the as much control as I have over our family system and dynamic, my kids will be okay. And so, so 
you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts or adding to that, because I think that such a large portion of our listeners fall into that more high Catholic situation. Yeah, absolutely. And my heart goes out to people in that situation. And I hear stories that just are are so heart-wrenching, you know, about, you know, what's happening inside uh, people's uh, families and their marriages. And so, of course, my heart goes out to everyone, you know, listening, especially if you're dealing with that. And, you know, sort of looking at this objectively, again, research does show, I mean, there's been a ton of research on this, that families and family systems adapt better to the breakup of the parents when both parents continue to be part of the kids' lives. And so, it, if it, by any means possible, uh, the parents can agree to make, to let this happen, you're one step ahead of the game. You really are. It can be super challenging for both parents. And it's this is what we talk about, these transformational opportunities, right, that present right. themselves. Uh, okay, here's your system. Here's your situation. You've got a person in the system who's exiting the system. They still want to be part of the children's lives, but I can't stand this person. And hmm. how am I going to transform? How am I going to help myself to show up as the person um, with the attributes and the qualities uh, that I may need to learn along the way and strengthen and develop to be able to make this true. It's a growth-producing experience for sure. Easy? Not at all. Worth it? Absolutely. And this is kind of our sort of mantra, you know, when, when we're trying to help people navigate these really gnar gnarly situations, it can be really challenging, but what is the highest good? What is, what is your vision for your family? You know, and, and we'll talk about this in the way that we coach people. Managing the, the fracture in this relationship while respecting each other as parents, it's a monumental task, but it's one worth trying at least. You know, there's there's situations where one parent completely abandons the family, and that does different damage, right, to to the system, because then there's the issues of abandonment and and you know what happened and you know the, all the all the unanswered questions that children are left to deal with when a, when one parent or the other leaves the family just to never be heard from again. And that that's a that's that's one thing we don't we're not going to talk about that so much today, I think. Well, and I, I do want to just bring in like all of the elements, though. Right. So so when we think of and we'll we'll use the Jenga tower as our idea. So it's like so. So one person's making a decision to leave. But then another piece that's at least wiggling out is any financial security because yeah. that's all changed. And then a little bit further down, it's like, oh, my God, I had a great relationship with my in-laws and now I'm being iced out because yeah. they're defending their, 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 you know, their grown child. And then there's, oh my God, I've got children who um, might be complex children with some issues. They might just be going through adolescence, which is its own storm without anything going wrong, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe, maybe out of college heading into the world and having their struggles. So, so all of these things are playing Right. All of these things end up playing yeah. on that system. And and so, 
you know, the question is, how does it not just fall to the ground? How do you, what is that secret sauce that really, regardless of all of those things, that you can emerge with something that's that's good and whole and healthy for everyone? Yeah, I really love the way you're talking about this because, yeah, the Jenga structure, it was tall, it was whatever it was, but piece by piece, the emotional impact, right? The, the disruption, the grief, the anxiety, the unknown, and all of that, all the things that you talked about, the financial strain, just the losing of the support systems, you know, of the family. There's these changes in roles, you know, there's changes in, you know, there's this conflict and tension that everybody has to navigate. These are the pieces that come out, right? And it may be that there's only a few pieces left, right? <laughs> but those are what we build on. We mm. acknowledge, appreciate, and, you know, we acknowledge the hurt and the the confusion and the disruption that everyone is going through. And Look, parents are the leaders of the family still. You know, the, it's it's on parents, whether they're cooperating with each or other or not. The really highest calling is be a leader in your family. And so this is one of the things that we do help people do. You know, if I'm going to be the leader in this family, even if it's just me as a single parent with these kids, how am I going to show up? What kind of support do I need to help me figure out how I'm going to show up and figure out what changes, uh, you know, I need to make to be able? What do I need to develop in myself? What do I need to learn? What do I need to create? You know, so that what I'm building is perhaps a, a new structure. You know, you see those houses where they te tear down everything but one wall, right? Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> a great like analogy. That. It's exactly yeah. it's so good because then what you're putting up, and, and as you're talking, I'm just going to throw out some of the things that I'm thinking about. So, so the person in a high conflict divorce who has lost themselves and their self confidence and their belief in themselves. Well, the rebuilding of this family structure that's that's got this this heart-centered approach to it is I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I am going to, um, I'm going to honor who I am. I'm going to find my voice again. How about uh, I'm really bad at receiving, but I have no choice but to ask for support. So now I'm building mm -hmm. this structure and it may be a family, a bigger family structure. It may be a social structure. It may be a support group structure, but I'm going to find what I need to shore up the walls and the roof so that I can rebuild this. And, and I'm going to believe in myself or I'm going to, you know, rely on that girlfriend and that support group. And so there are, what 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 I love about what we do is how we invite people to say you can expand so far beyond where you are and all of those pieces that. It's hard and it takes a lot of energy and work and it's scary. But as you put them back into place, as you build that structure, something else happens. Something lights up inside of you. This, this possibility, this, this drive and pull towards your future self. And as you do that, you're teaching your children all of that. They're seeing your resilience. They're seeing your faith. They're seeing your, your hard work, your commitment, your love to them. And what are we building compared to what fell down? Yeah. 
Wow. I mean, I'm just getting chills as you talk about that because that is so exciting if you can get to that place to see the possibilities. And, you know, we as coaches, we coach the individual who comes to us, of course. We coach people in groups. We coach people in families. I know you and I are both coaching, you know, couples in a way yes. to to help them uh, complete their marriage in a really healthy, systematic way. So, we ap- apply a, a when it comes to the family system, we apply a systems approach to our coaching. So let me talk about some of the goals that yes. we can help people like identify for themselves and then strategize. How am I going to move forward on this goal? Some people may already have some of these goals in place as strengths, you know, but some people is just like, wow, I don't know how to do that at all. You know, so we come alongside them, not looking at them as an individual with problems that they need to fix about themselves, but hey, your system is requiring this of you. So what are the attributes and the skills that you need to develop in yourself to create that success in the system? So the systematic perspective, again, is always keeping in mind that whatever one person does in the system has an impact. On the, on the rest of the system, it recognizes that the well-being of each person in the system is intertwined, you know, with what everybody else does. Even if one leader of the family can remain, you know, in that leadership position and the others doing whatever it is they do, not cooperating, not, not stepping up to the plate, not you know, whatever it is. If that one person, and that's the person that we are passionate about helping, if you've identified yourself as the person who's going to stand for the wholeness and the health of your family while you're going through this, excuse me, shit show of a personal experience, more power to you. And I'm speaking directly to those listeners who go, yeah, that's me. That's me. I just don't know how. Yeah, you know, it's reminding me, I'm not remembering the client's name, but we did a Voices of Celebration this past year and um, uh, very high conflict. And uh, she was the client. Her husband uh, had a drinking problem. And it was such a beautiful example of what you just said, because she held so much space for him to do the work to understand how this drinking habit began, the kind of dad he wanted to be. And she has this beautiful story that she shared with us about how their new family structure is so much healthier, so much more shored up that both of them can honor each other, that they both did so much work and grew to be able to be the best parents that they could be. And and it was a very big restructuring. And it absolutely required that if she had done it a different way and shamed and demeaned and diminished him, um, how would that change have impacted the entire family system? And now her child has these two really healthy parents largely because of decisions that she made that really honored the whole system. Yeah, yeah. 
I love that. I love these success stories where we can talk about, you know, people that we've taken from that kind of dark place of, I don't even know how to do this. I don't even know what I want. We can help them identify and clarify their goals and their values individually. And what is it they're going to bring to the table to their family system to help heal? You know, look, a divorce is going to create trauma. It's going to create, um, you know, pain and and things that need healing, right? So what is it that, what are my goals? What are my values in bringing healing in? You know, like I said, what's that little piece that I'm going to bring in? You know, whether it's uh, identifying what's most important to you right now, which which brick has to go in right now yep. and, uh, in order for us to be safe, secure, you know, and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. We do a lot of work with people around effective communication. I mean, this is a cornerstone for people who, let's face it, a lot of people in our society have been taught how to communicate well, especially when they're in, enraged, <laughs> you yeah. know, when, they, when their emotions are activated, they just, you know, just don't know how to have an effective conversation to bring things to resolution they bring it to destruction they bring in revolution instead of you know resolution they they you know so we help people at least on on our clients end come up with some effective communication strategies skills uh tools we give them lots of tools to slow the whole thing down get really clear on what it is you need to say be able to help you say it and then, you know, move forward from there. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you keep going back to the initial family structure and it's like we all brought our baggage with us. Mm-hmm. Right. We all brought whatever, you know, behaviors and beliefs and what have you from our family of origin. So 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 we're all a little bit of a hot mess coming into it. And then like. <laughs> Why didn't this work? And one of the big things that I find, and even with my most heart-centered, child-centered clients, is they have a right to know, and I want to... Um, I want to explain how the other parent is bad and wrong for these reasons. And it's such a fascinating thing to walk someone through, okay, and they know X, Y, and Z from mom, and I have a right to tell them, and they have a right to know. And and when you actually follow that path of thinking, and, and what's the impact, and once they know, and what is that going to do for them? And What's the difference between them finding out in their own time as they grow older versus you telling them at this tender point now? And to and and I think it's a, a good example of people um initially just seeing their own hurt and offense and need to defend. And then it's like you pull back and go, oh, and what's that gonna do to 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 their relationship with their other parent to even the negotiations with that? Like all of these right. things. And, and when we can kind of pull the veil back and say, we're not going to tell you what to do, but we're going to show you and have you walk through. Yeah. Now, which path do you choose? And yeah. nine times out of 10, they say, I'm choosing the harder path because it's better for the family system. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to lead into our secret that we're going to share at the end. I'm just going to walk a person through if they don't take that the hard path, the, 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 
they take the crooked path, let's just say, and they involve their kids and, and they create what's called, you know, in systems work, these system, systemic entanglements. Mm-hmm. It creates these invisible loyalties that, you know, is that healthy for the child? When the child grows up and creates their own family, these invisible loyalties, these invisible unconscious entanglements that they've been involved in, how do you think that that affects their ability to have a a healthy uh, relationship down the road to create a healthy family system of their own? It doesn't. It does. This is, you know, look. We all have stuff in families, right? But there's unavoidable stuff, and then there's there's choices that we can make. If we understood, if we could like take a zoom out to 20 years from this moment where I want to bring my kid in and I want them to have my side of the story, and it's completely damaging to them because they're going to reap the the reward of that, and and when they're sitting on a therapist's couch going. Wow. You know, I now see why I created this pattern in my own family, where I I needed to put my needs, my emotional needs ahead of the needs of my children and the system. So anyway, I I got off on a little rabbit trail there. I I, want to I want to let me let me just wrap that up, because I think that was perfect, because really what I hear you saying, I talk so much in in my guest podcasting, too, about breaking generational chains, right? Because we don't just show up in dysfunction. We grew up in it and then we go and we find it. And what you're saying that I think is so brilliant is if it's not enough for you to know that you can rebuild, recalibrate and create this super healthy family system in choosing not to do that, you're also assisting your children to give birth to yet another dysfunctional family system that they'll create. And so when we rebuild the healthiest that we can, regardless of the age of our children's, we we also uh, infuse and inspire them to create a healthier family system when they go out and start their own family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the things we really help people with to really take that. Let's let's take that real huge step back here from your own justifications, your own point of view, your own need to be right, et cetera. And what's best really for your system. So we we help people manage those emotions and manage the transition. You know, there's a lot of transitions that people go through when they're going through a divorce individually and as a system. You may have to move house, kids may have to move school, all that kind of stuff. So we help people really manage the emotional uh, upheaval, you know, get their sort of strategic, logical, higher brain functioning coming in as well so that they're making clear decisions and also get that sort of heart energy of what's going to be for the highest good for my family. We also take a strengths-based approach, I, I think, which is important for people to understand We're going to look at you and we're going to say, you know, I see a strength in you that you may not be even seeing, you know, and let's see if we can't build on that for you, because I think it's a really important part of the puzzle, you know, so we we help people see themselves clearly, clearly, we all have blind spots, right, but we kind of hold up a mirror and go, for the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I think the strengths is is really important when people are feeling like, I don't think I know how to do any of this. 
We go, well, you know, how have you faced similar challenges to this one in the past? What was it about you that brought this to a successful resolution? Why don't we bring that over into this situation and give it a, a try? So I love doing that. And we talked about this a little bit, the future orientation. We go, hey, 10 years from now, let's take a look at the family. What's the family system that you want to see operating now? You've gone through the divorce. You've gone through all of that. What is it that you see as possible for yourself? And let's work our way backwards from there. Yeah, I think someone had said to me recently, they said, um, if you think about like, if you if you time travel 10 years forward and you ask your child, you know, what do you remember most about and and really stop and think like, what is my value for what I'm doing now? And, and that's where coaching really just is so beautiful in helping people um, slow down enough to think like what are my skills and talents? What values drive my decisions? Um, What are the fears of beliefs that have been an obstacle? And when we do all this work, um, they get to make those kinds of decisions that will leave them 10 years from now celebrating rather than wishing they had done it differently. Absolutely. So, I mean, just kind of sum this up a little bit, you know, when we take a systems approach, to working with our clients. And we're able to help them step back from the hot emotions, the hot, you know, reactivity part of this and engage their natural strengths. We're going to also engage the secret, you know, that really comes into play here. And it's love. It's love. You know, it's like we help people sort of get really in touch with what would love create if it were in charge of making my decisions? Not fear. I mean, of course, we all have fear. There's fear. But if we make decisions based on fear, we're only like looking at life through this really tiny pinhole of what's available. When we ask love, love of our children, even, you yeah, know, so- love of the, the you know, the, the family, uh, that we that we've had even the love that you had for that spouse when you when you got married that maybe there's a kernel of that still in there where you can see their wholeness and their creativity and their resourcefulness and love that part of them sort of impersonally even though you may not love the person at the moment but love that ability to step out of our small self you know you hear these stories of what a person can do, like just physically snatching their child out from under a car by lifting it up. It's love that does that. We can do superhuman things when we harness the power of love. And so that's one of the things that we also help people get back to is like, let's talk about if you were approaching this decision you're making right now with love-centered eyes, and with the the value of looking at the the family as a whole, and what I do over here, the choice that I make in love is going to have a ripple effect throughout the family system. What do you choose? And and let's let's um, I'd like to take a moment to define love um, mm-hmm. as it's written in a very special book. And so, 
what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, if that's the choice that each of us make, what a beautiful family structure we could rebuild. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And I've had a number of opportunities that were incredibly hard in my life recently. And I remember sitting and praying and just hearing this kind of like higher wisdom say, just be love. And it's really bloody hard. (laughs) It's really hard because my ego and my pride and my offense wanted to go, hell no, I have something to say. I have something to point out. I have something to criticize. And when I have been able to like just bite my tongue and and be that kindness, that patience, that trust and in my own imperfect way, what unfolds is always so beautiful. Yeah. And so we're saying to you listeners that the secret sauce, the secret to all of this is to tap into your heart to truly root into what love is in its purest form and make every effort in your imperfect way to just be loved. Yeah. And I'm going to like blow this out into a really big perspective for a moment. You know, uh, scientists in the quantum physics area and uh, who are studying, you know, deep space and all that kind of stuff, the more they study it, the more they really come into this very um, elevated uh, definition of what holds the universe together, and it's love. What keeps the planets orbiting in their their ways that they do, what keeps the balance, what keeps the the system still uh, working, it's love. And if if love can do that to the universe, I think it can do that to each of our family systems. We just need to be back to your, we need to be the leader. And, And don't be looking across the street at what your spouse is or isn't leading. You just be the leader. Um, And if you have cooperation, gorgeous, brilliant, wonderful. And if you don't, you still be the leader. Yeah. And we can help you do that. Yeah. That's what we love to do. So anyway, yeah. 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 And and if you're listening and you're like, gosh, I just just need a little assistance with this. Um, Rapidreliefcall.com and book a call to see how coaching works and how we can support you in getting there. Um, because this is, this is our passion um, to help and support you and your family. Absolutely. Great topic, Carrie. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. This is always, as always, fun. And um, I love to see our own passion for this work come forward. So, yeah. 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 
So thanks so much for tuning in. And we'll be back again real soon with another episode of JBD Team Talks. Until then, you take care. Bye. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.